0: Welcome everyone to a Monday edition of B.Y.P. Back your play, Rich Quinones here. I'm still trying to get that giant dust out of my throat from the uh, win last night. My goodness, it made me a little hoarse. But before we get into the NFC's, uh, Glenn Irby does a great job managing editor at the Eagles Wire USA Today. Check him out on Twitter, the cover to NFL. He's been ducking me for years, but I finally get him on the pod. What's going on, brother? How are you?
1: Good, Rich. How are you feeling today, man? My, my apologies. That's my bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no worries, man. I appreciate you jumping on board and making some time. And I love your work. You do a great job. Very thorough, very in-depth. And it's good stuff, man. So we wanted to get you on for a couple moments. Um, so, yeah, as I mentioned, you know, NFC East, crazy weekend, by the way, in the NFL. Let's start, obviously, with the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, look, it, it doesn't always have to be aesthetically pleasing, It doesn't always have to be dominating. You're going to have games where teams are going to go out and they're gunning for you and they're going to want to uh, try to take you down. You know, we saw the adjustments yesterday in Chicago in Soldier Field with the Eagles and the Bears, and ultimately they come away with the win. And and listen, I want to get into Jalen Hurts first and foremost, because, you know, that was a game where I think a lot of people were ready to jump on him and say, "How, how can you call this guy an MVP? And then boom. The light goes on, second half, boom, 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 rushing touchdowns, 300 yards. The rest is history, as they say. Um, Just give me your thoughts on, I guess, the emergence of Hurts this year. And I thought yesterday was the perfect case study where you have to let the whole game play out first.
1: Correct. I mean, um, I think he's he's reached a point, you know, and I did my studs and duds earlier. You, you, you're you at a new level when you can throw two early interceptions, kind of struggle along, but still be a stud because you have three rushing touchdowns and you still get two guys over 100 plus receiving yards and lead your team in rushing. So I just, I think that just speaks to the testament and it speaks to where he is, his development and things like that. So he had a slow start, but you know, yep. he's always steady, always smooth, and he shook it off and made big throws when he needed to.
0: Yeah, 25 to 20. The Eagles win it by five, bump up their mark to 13-1. And look, arguably, they are the best team in the NFC. You can argue in the NFL when they're hitting on all cylinders. I mean, look, it's not – I have to go back, and I'm still thinking to myself, man, how the hell did Washington beat them? Well, they were able to open up holes and run the football. Um, And Chicago, to their credit, hung around. But that's what the Eagles are going to get over the next several weeks. That's what the Eagles are going to get when they uh, go into the playoffs, teams are going to be gunning for them. And you're starting to see the chemistry now with Hertz and Brown, which is really just a scary proposition for the rest of the NFL and some of these corners and secondaries from some of these opponents that are going to be facing. I I get the sense that they needed AJ Brown, right? I mean, you can talk about some of these moves over the past five, 10, 15, 20 years in the NFL, but that's a wide receiver where you say for a young quarterback, you know, we know the running game and your tight end is going to be your best friend, but now I've got a guy that I can, you know, throw that 50-50 ball. I can have him go up and challenge the DB, go up and get it. And man, Brown is a physical friggin' freak of nature. And he's a big time threat right now for this Eagles offense.
1: Certainly, I mean, I, we, you know, we talk about Terrell Owens and those type of comparisons, but I think it, it just speaks to having that that true, you know, alpha wide receiver. Devontae Smith's a really good receiver; he's really tough. But I think Brown is on a different level in terms of his his physicality, his big play potential, and things of that nature. So I think, you know, like yesterday, it, it was concerning for the first few minutes because you felt like he was trying to force feed the ball to Brown, and then you see it's natural progressions, natural chemistry, and it always ends up come turning into a big play or, you know, yards after the catch, those type of things.
0: A little surprise. Um, again, they really didn't go to Miles Sanders that much after his performance against the Giants. I mean, well over 140, 145 yards in that thrashing last week. And I think 11 touches for 42 yards, um, you know, it was really hurts on the ground, to be honest, scrambling from the quarterback position. They finished with a buck 12, 3.4 yards a carry. Or was that just basically how the game was flowing? From Coach Sirianni's perspective, that's what he said, but I think that's just him covering for
1: offensive coordinator Shane Steichen, but I think from a true game flow and the way you want to play, that was a bit concerning, and I don't think that's something they necessarily want to do going forward. You know, he's one of the top running backs in the league. You had Hurts taking shots he didn't need to take yesterday, so even if the running game's not working or you feel like that's not a part of the game flow, you still need to, have, you still need to necessarily do it. So I think from that standpoint, that's something that they'll look to improve on.
0: Uh, Talk a little bit about for a moment, just the defense. And again, we always talk about these acquisitions, right? And I I was clamoring, you know, for the Giants to go out and get a player like Hassan Redick. I mean, this guy is a game changer. He's got a high motor, you know, he can drop back in coverage. We can see he can get to the quarterback. He's a pros pro, if you will, good locker room guy, good veteran. How about the impact he's made on that defense? I mean, he's been
1: unbelievable. I mean, I think at times I have him and James Bradbury tied for who has the biggest impact, but I think from his ability, especially yesterday, to get off the ball, turn that corner, get around the edge. You know, when he when he gets his sacks, he's forcing fumbles too. So yeah. I think, you know, it's a double-edged sword from that perspective. So he's been unbelievable, you know, through his first 12, you know, 12,
0: 15 games or so. Uh, you hate to nitpick, right? Nobody likes to nitpick. So you go back, you watch that game yesterday, and you see Justin Fields, who I think – If Chicago gives him some weapons, some players, he's a nice little quarterback. I mean, I can't sit here and say that I watched him a ton through college. I don't really watch a lot of the Bears games. I try to catch as much as I possibly can. But just the scrambling ability to make him plays, that one play that they call back the touchdown where he spun around, you know, that shoddy tackling, right? I mean, those are things not to nitpick, so to speak, but come playoff time, man that's the difference between getting a team off the field on third down and then having them extend drives. So, I mean, if you can take away a con or two from yesterday where you would say, man, this team's got to clean it up a little bit, what would it be?
1: I think surely that, I mean, I think Jonathan Gannon has done a better job of being aggressive as a play caller and a defensive coordinator. So we can't necessarily nitpick on that, but I think, if you look at pro fo- football focus and, and, and in other uh, graders, the Eagles are among the worst tackling teams in the, in the NFL. So from a standpoint of going down the final three games of the regular season, postseason, and potential big games against physical teams, that is something to watch. And that could be a problem. But they are one of the worst, if not the worst, tackling team from a linebacker and secondary position mm-hmm. in the league.
0: A couple of minutes again, Monday edition of BYP. Rich Canun is here at Rich Q. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Glenn Irby uh, at the cover to NFL, managing editor of the Eagles Wire USA Today, also PFW Writers Association. Um, kind enough to join me for a couple moments. So, you, you look at what transpired yesterday around the NFL, right? We always know it's a week-to-week proposition. The Giants uh, get a, a gut-check win, albeit we can get into the officiating around the league as a whole. But then Dallas kind of spits a bit against a Jacksonville team that's on the rise. You saw Minnesota come back, which was like uh, – I was watching that on full, and I'm like, well, I'm wondering if Jeff Saturday kept his key card, right, with uh, the mothership so he can get back there on Sunday or Monday. but. You know, you look at this NFC right now, and I've asked this question over the last several weeks because it's just, it's, it's tailor-made for the Eagles to just run right through them. If this team doesn't get to the Super Bowl, is it a disappointment or is it a choke?
1: I think a little bit of both. I think it could be a disappointment from the standpoint that you have a quarterback still on his rookie deal, and it's kind of hard to get to the Super Bowl and kind of hard to have all these weapons. And I'm not sure you can duplicate this roster again, but I think from a rebuilding standpoint, they are right around of where Howie Roseman wanted them to be. I don't think he wanted a, a total tear down, but he said it would be a retool and a quick rebuild. So I, I think it depends on and if if that happens, how it happens and when it happens.
0: You know, it's funny. Can can you have it both? Can you have a retool, rebuild, but also be a really good team, right? Because if you think about this, they went out, they made some trades, they have some good draft picks, and then the emergence of Hurts. We know about the offensive line. We know about the weapons, tight end, the running back, the defense. So when people try to sell, hey, man, it's like the Giants are rebuilding, right? And they're trying to catch lightning in a bottle, but they're void of talent. That's evident. The Eagles might be rebounding, uh, re- rebuilding, pardon me, Glenn, but they have talent, man. They have talent on both sides of the ball. So maybe it's a plan that uh, came into fruition a lot faster than people expected.
1: I think so. I mean, I think you can use the Giants for an example. I think last year the Eagles went nine and eight and they were kind of a year of of schedule. So when you had the Giants to quick start this year, that's a team that's rebuilding first year coaching yeah. day ball. They were maybe a little ahead of schedule. But I think at the end of the day, the ultimate goal, if you want to be a gold standard per se, is to be able to rebuild, retool, while still being relevant or playoff relevant, at least. And I think for Jeffrey Lurie and especially Howard Roseman, that's the goal to always be playoff relevant, not be a middle of the pack team and, and things of that nature.
0: I, I want to get back to uh, Jalen for a moment um, because I have no problem uh, saying this kid's DMVP of the NFL. I mean, I, I think they're, you know, for guys like us on the East coast, we're close to these teams. We cover these teams. We know these players, Um, We kind of take a step back. I think the national media, they want to throw the names of Justin Herbert, uh, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen at us every single day, 24-7 with the networks and the talking heads. And I get it. But if you kind of take a step back and the numbers, I don't, I don't believe the numbers alone tell the story of what Jalen Hurts has been able to do because when he was drafted, everyone sat there once again, What'd you pick this kid for? Do you not have confidence in Carson Wentz? What are you going to do? Are you going to try to be the quarterback whisperer? And then patient, patient, patient. They jettison Carson. Jalen gets a shot and look what's happening this year. So I guess my question is, when you look at these NFL quarterbacks around the league, and then you look at Jalen Hurts, what separates him from some of the ones that I mentioned? And do you consider him right now the MVP of the league? I do. I think, you know,
1: intangibles make a quarterback. You know, you hear that word all the time. And I think his kind of separate him him from other guys. So, you know, Mahomes has intangibles. Joe Burrow has them. Hurts has his as well. And I think, you know, it's laughable to think, you know, Gardner Mitchell is a pretty good quarterback. I don't think this team is 13-1 and if he's the quarterback. You know, Jalen Hurts, his ability (laughs) to – get out the pocket to extend plays, not make negative plays, you know, his temperament, things of that nature. Those are a big reason why. So he, he may not have the passing yards of my home, but he has the touchdowns. He has the first downs. He has the, you know, the third down efficiency. He has yep. the rating. He has all those things that that prove that he's an MVP or a top two or three player in the league right
0: now. Yeah. I mean, I I put up his numbers. Uh, I mean, listen, he, he's the youngest quarterback, in NFL history to start 13 and one. Uh, you listen to him I mean you're around right you, you you see these guys. you listen to him during the press conferences, he's no nonsense. he doesn't have time for that BS. you know it's like hey man, talk about the opponent, talk about the team like the outs and I think that shows a tremendous amount of maturity. look if you go down to Chicago, Chicago's probably saying to themselves, man, if we can get if fields can turn into hurts, Next year, and we give him weapons. We're good to go. Like if quarterbacks don't, they don't fall out of the sky, franchise quarterbacks. So everything is a calculated decision. Right. And for so many years, you know, we really got on Howie with some of the moves and some of the draft picks. But then he's a numbers guy. He knows how to manipulate the contracts, manipulate, uh, manipulate the salaries, you know, make the trades that you turn around. You're like, oh, my God, this guy's, you know, fleecing people left and right. Hurts if if they go on to get to the Super Bowl and, and say win it, I, I mean, it, it would be a hell of a story. And look, they're a great team, and I don't care if the NFL's down, man. You have to play who's in front of you. Nobody's complaining about their opponents. Go out and just handle your business. But, again, it speaks to what they're building in Philadelphia, right? Because a couple of years ago is they were going to be a dynasty. And then it just – you get the Super Bowl and it flames out. But now you blink, and people – they forgot about that, even though they won the championship, they won a Super Bowl. And now all of a sudden they're like, hey, man, we really might have something cooking here. So I think it, it's a testament to how uh, ownership is, obviously, how the GM is and how all the pieces kind of fall into place
1: yeah i think so i think it, it's a situation where you know he, he's a good kid i think him and Howie have had chemistry from day one i think that's a part of the reason why he was so comfortable making the, the pick i think that's a part of the reason why he was so comfortable moving off of carson Wentz. so i think you have to give both guys credit you have to get you have to give hurts the, the tremendous credit for taking this off season to retool his mechanics improve his decision making um his, the quickness, his timing and things of that nature, not escaping from the pocket so quickly. So, I mean, he's going to continue to get better. Again, he may not be, he may not be the quarterback that Mahomes is in terms of improvisation. He may not have a cannon for an arm like Herbert, but the idea yep. is you want him to make sound decisions. You want him to make, you. if he can become an, a more athletic Drew Brees, the Eagles have won the lottery. And I think that's what you hope going forward, you know, with the guys, his size and things of that nature. you like him to not run more, but still be accurate, precise, and conscious of what he's doing in the pocket.
0: Yeah. This is, you know, this is one of the things that, and I asked you this before we uh, came on uh, to record live. This is why I can't stand social media because now you have like these unsubstantiated rumors that hurts uh, is hurt, broken collarbone. Uh, I I've looked on all your guys. I, I don't see anything. I know you would have came on right away. You probably wouldn't even been able to come on right now because you would probably been doing an article on it. Um, so that kind of t- like, this is, this is the shit that drives me crazy. Like I can't, I, you know, I, I know he got, uh, banged around a little bit here and there. Um, uh, is there any chance that he sits against the Dallas Cowboys and I'm not saying injured. I'm saying is there any shot that, even though he got banged up, you pretty much have everything wrapped up, they're going to get home field advantage, let's be honest, right, that Minshew plays against the Cowboys? No, I think the idea is to,
1: to continue to be consistent. You know, it's a long season. It's still three weeks in the regular season. Then you'd have that bye week, so that's a month. So I don't think you necessarily want him going a month, close to a month and a half, without playing, you know, in an important ball game. So I think that the idea is to to wrap up the division, wrap up home field, beat a team that you haven't really had that much success against over the past few years, to beat them in their home place because you're likely to see them again. So I think at this point, if you want him to get him there, do the things he needs to do. You would like to be able to get him out of the game early, but I'm I'm certain he plays.
0: It's weird, man, because the line went from a point and a half to three, three and a half. You know this as well as I do. The line only jumps like that when a quarterback's out. I'd be shocked. I mean, I haven't heard anything. Anymore. I know. I know.
1: I know. So no, I-, totally I could understand in terms of still being able to get home field advantage and those things. So I think winning a division is important. I kind of think how you win it is important. And I think it goes a long way of telling how a team is going to do in the postseason. So the idea of backing into a division or going a month and a half without your starters playing seems absurd to me. But we've seen crazier things.
0: Yeah, and, and you don't want to speculate. You, you, you certainly don't want to speculate any of that stuff. Um, the one thing, though, you do have to bring up is, is the fact that when he does scramble, he does take a lot of hits, man. I mean, we've seen it, right? Fields, Daniel Jones with the Giants, Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's the nature of the position. And, and that, that's just who some of these guys are, right? They just, that unwillingness to want to get down right away and, and, and fight for that extra yardage, that can be a blessing, but it can also be a curse.
1: I think, I think it's, a, it's a situation you see where, where sometimes it's height and, and that becomes a disadvantage. And I think it's a situation where he ends up running or a situation because he doesn't see a guy open, but they do have to figure out from a schematic standpoint, from a pat, run pass ratio, RPOs and all those things, how to have him not take so many hits in the open field. And if you can run a screen or give the ball to Miles Sanders or do something yeah. else,
0: that should be the obvious choice. Yeah, it was still perplexing. Like, again, you got Sanders coming off that big game. I mean, you can run the ball a little bit against Chicago. You know, I think they're going to be able to run the ball against Dallas. I think they're going to be able to run the ball going forward, and that's going to open up everything uh, for that offense, and we see the cohesiveness from the offensive line. Now, two more, again, before I let you get out of here, and I appreciate it greatly. Uh, When you look at the NFC right now and – you know, We're kind of seeing the struggles of the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, you right. The Cowboys always typically win Super Bowls in June, July, and August. Um, they've, they, they've got a lot of uh, chinks in the armor, man. They really do. That quarterback has not played well. I think he has 10 picks over his last, what, five or six games. Um, the offensive line doesn't look like that juggernaut it once was. You're milking Elliott to try to get the most of them. We know Pollard's a good back. They've got some weapons. The secondary at times is feast or famine. And then you got a game plan around 11 and Parsons. I mean, that's a beatable team. Minnesota's a beatable team. I mean, who can really go into Philly? Uh, and I think we're probably going to be on the same boat with this pick uh, and, and beat the Eagles. I mean, I, I'll tell you who I think. And I, I think you'll agree if they were 100% healthy. I would say the 49ers because of their defense.
1: I think depending on how Purdy would play, they they probably could still. But I think for you know from a physicality standpoint, the weapons they have, the way they play defense, the way they rush their passer, they certainly they certainly be well equipped to do so. Yes.
0: Um, what's your your overall when you look at Sirianni? Uh, is describe him? I think he's me and you. I mean, he
1: he's a ball coach. I think he he's <laughs> not, uh, the typical Belichick style CEO. I think he you know guys like Cam Robertsala. Um, some of these younger coaches, they're ball coaches, they played football. So I think for him, it's about the fact that he gets his team. He understands his team and that that's, what's most important. I don't think his press conferences or his attire is important. It's important that his team understands him and that he understands his team. And I think he has a lot of that going on. Uh,
0: biggest, uh, what the F moment over the weekend, was it, uh, the Colts blowing that lead or watching what transpired between new England and the Raiders yesterday?
1: I think a little bit of all three. I think that the Vikings being that the Vikings coming back and then seeing what happened with the Raiders strictly from a standpoint of you guys were tied. You didn't have to try to make a play. Like I understand, you know, playing to the whistle,
0: but you know, you could have simply took a knee and went into overtime. You know what was crazy? I tweeted this about that play, and I didn't hear a lot of people bring it up. Chandler Jones basically whiffed on the tackle and he gave up on the play. So he's not pursuing. So think about this. If he pursues, he's not in a position to catch that lateral. That too. So because at this point, you're not sure. He probably
1: one of those things where, like, I'm not even sure why they're running this play because we're tied.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's go on this. That hurt uh, starts uh, – this weekend, uh, these guys are blowing up my feet. It's crazy. I mean, it's all about the gambling line half the time, hence to show back your play. But let's go on the premise and the guys that he's out there. Uh, and I know the Eagles are an underdog on this one. I mean, I, I just think that's a game. If they can shut down the run and get to Dak, he's going to throw some picks. He's going to have some problems. I, I do like the Eagles in that spot. I just think they're clicking on all cylinders right now. I agree. I think the only
1: shot the Cowboys have would be to – you know, stack the line of scrimmage, let their corners play one, one-on-one and, and see what they can do in terms of blitzing and getting pressure on Hurst. But I think if the Eagles are able to come out and run, establish the line of scrimmage like they did in the first game, this be this can be over very quickly. All
0: right, before I let you get out of here, uh here, give a pop. Where can everyone follow you, social media, all the work you're doing? I uh, appreciate you having me on, Rich. You can find me at the Eagles Wire at USA
1: Today.com, on Twitter, and Facebook, social media, to cover two NFL. I'm Just a, a crazy week, Dallas week. Appreciate you having me on. Sorry for taking so long to come on, but it was a blast.
0: <laughs> no man, I'm just breaking your stones. I I really like your work. You do a oh, fantastic.
1: Pleasure. You do a fa- with Jacobs. Uh, uh a thank you. Yeah, thank you.
0: yeah. If we don't, if we don't if we don't break balls, that means we don't we don't we don't we don't have a uh, we don't want you on the show, man. So like yeah. I said, that's we appreciate it, man. Keep it up. We're going to give you a file. We're going to get you on um, right around playoff time. But Glenn, appreciate it, pal. Be well. Appreciate you having me on, man. Thanks. All right, you got it. So there you have it. Um, yeah, he really does a um, fantastic job covering the Philadelphia Eagles. So check him out on social media. And you know, Glenn's kind of like those no-nonsense reporters, man. He gets to the heart of it right away. And I- I'm telling you, I am looking right now. I don't know where this is coming from with the Jalen Hurts. I, I. I I don't know. I'm seeing right now that the line has moved. I don't know how much we want to put into that. Um, I don't know. You never want to speculate. But uh, like I said, I I would really, if that's the case, I mean, look, the line moved three and a half. So that tells you maybe Vegas already knows. But Glenn probably would not be able to do the spot with me right now because he'd be covering it. There would probably be the presser. He would be making his calls, doing his due diligence, but I appreciate him uh, making some time for us a little bit on Monday edition of BYP. All right, don't forget. So we got one part of our Monday afternoon done. We'll talk a little boxing on the other side. Part two, second portion of the show, uh, former heavyweight great Graywell, Monty Barrett's going to join us. And then we'll kind of give you the lineup the rest of the week on social media at Rich Q&Q. Check me out on the YouTube channel, Rich Q&Q. Smash that button, subscribe, like, share, comment, tell your friends. We love the feedback. As always, we will talk to you guys a little later on, but appreciate you tuning in to a Monday edition of Back Your Play.